You're listening to episode 87 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. If you guys have been following along, you know I recently went down to Puerto Rico for the high-level business mastermind that I'm a part of, and I just met some incredibly inspiring thought leaders and entrepreneurs that have seen truly unbelievable, like if you saw what they were doing, truly unbelievable levels of success in their businesses and in their lives, because I think it's so important to have both of those areas covered. Kate Erickson was most certainly one of those people. But what magnetized me to Kate wasn't really her accolades, which I'll get into in a minute, or her sales funnel, which is unbelievable. It was more of who she was. She had this, like I said, magnetic nature, but also her humility, her calm energy. She had this clarity of vision and this just generous spirit and kindness that made you feel like you were hanging out by the pool with an old friend. And she is someone that I not only gravitated to because of those things, but really learned so much from. And you might know Kate or not realize that you know Kate. If you know Entrepreneurs on Fire, you know Kate because she's literally the engine that makes that powerhouse go. Her boyfriend and sidekick, John Lee Dumas, is the face of EO Fire, but Kate is the back end of a multi-million dollar business that has touched thousands and thousands of lives through their Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, their courses, their products, and their incredible and thriving community. And I've been loving getting to know Kate, but it was extra special to have her on the show because I got to hear more about her journey, and you guys will too, and to learn firsthand how they found unbelievable success by ditching busy, getting insanely laser focused on their craft and what they were doing and creating the product suite and funnel to attract the right people who are ready to buy. Doesn't that sound appealing? So much wisdom in this episode brought to you from years on the front lines because Kate was on them and you'll want a notebook and a pen ready because you're going to learn how to get laser focused, how to pinpoint your action plan for growth and how to step into that next level of monetization in your business. Let's get to the show. Well, Kate, I have been geeking out prepping for this interview because since we connected in Puerto Rico and you presented to our mastermind, I knew you were like maybe a kindred spirit of mine and I had to have you on the show. So welcome to Scaling Up. 110%. Thank you so much for inviting me, Elizabeth. I'm super excited to be here and trust me, I've been geeking out too. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. So 
I know our audience is going to eat up what we're going to talk about today, but before that, I want them to have a better understanding of who you are, what led you here. So give us a glimpse behind the curtain of all things Kate Erickson's journey along the way. Okay, awesome. So I started out in corporate America. I've kind of have like a, well, not kind of, I do have a very corporate background. I did not grow up knowing what entrepreneurship was. I never knew that you could just create like this beautiful lifestyle freedom and work on things that you love and create your own schedule and do all of that. I didn't know that that existed until about 2010, where I had been working in a corporate job, you know, essentially answering the phones and sitting at the front desk is like outward facing what I was doing. But inward, I'm like, I, I knew that I ran that office and I knew how valuable my um, contributions were. And I didn't feel like I was ever getting that back in by way of my salary or my title or like any of these things that I thought at the time represented success. And so I went out for a, for a promotion and my boss was like, this is totally yours. The department wants you. This is going to be so great for you. So for me, I was not only climbing the corporate ladder and doing what I was supposed to do, but I was going to get a raise and a new title. And like, all of this was so exciting for me. And then it came time to get the call, which I thought was going to be like my offer. And they said that they had decided to go outside the company to fill the position. And I was totally heartbroken. I was so disappointed. I felt so defeated. I mean, I had really just been like knocked on the ground for the last time. Like I couldn't do it anymore. And so I didn't know what else was out there, but I knew there had to be something else. I knew that that couldn't be the only way to live your life. And, you know, by all accounts of everyone surrounding me, like this is what people did. You just got back up and you sucked it up and you continued going to the office and earning a paycheck. And that day it finally clicked for me. And I thought I'm going to give myself six months to create a budget to save as much money as possible. I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to figure out like how other people are living their life that is not this way. So um, I did that. I tried to start my own business, which completely failed within six months. I went back to corporate America to be able to like pay my rent and my bills and everything. That was my runway with six months. And during that time, uh, my significant other, John Lee Dumas, decided that he was going to quit his job and launch a podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire. And he did it and it went really well and he grew an audience and he started gaining all this momentum and he was having ideas for like products and services that he could create, but he was just one person. And so over many, many dinner conversations, he asked if I would be interested in joining the team and uh, to see what we could create together. And I did that in 2013 and here we are. And I can so resonate with that journey, that call that you got that was so painful at the time. What a, what a gift it ended up being for you. Yes. How different life could have played out had you gotten that promotion because you thought that was the path and that's what you wanted. And what I love about your journey and kind of what we were just talking about before we started recording was this idea of like, man, is this life for everybody is this just for some people? Like, should everyone pursue entrepreneurship? Is it available to everyone? And 
I love that you highlighted the part of your journey that you gave yourself a six month runway, which is something that's smart. Like people need to know their numbers and what they can afford to do and and what's not going to put them into trouble. But also the fact that, you know, you did something and it flopped, but ultimately in taking that action and taking those steps and learning from those mistakes, it led you to the next thing, which led you to the next thing. Like that's just kind of how it it has to happen. And I think some people sit so paralyzed, like wanting to know, they want the grand slam right out of the gate, but typically how it's going to work for most people in this world of pursuing something of their own is take the steps, be willing to fail because it's going to teach you something and it's going to lead you into the next opportunity. So I have to just tell you what stood out to me about you at the mastermind. And I couldn't help but gravitate towards how down to earth you are and how real you are. And With the level of success that you guys have achieved, it's not something that many people even experience, like entrepreneurs on fire, everything you've done, um, how you've put your products and services out into the world, the brand that you guys have built. A lot of people who reach that level aren't like you, like aren't people that you can just have like a really nice conversation with sitting by the pool and just feel like you're with a friend that you've known for years, but you have this natural humility and relatability that was just so refreshing to me. Uh, where would you say, I'm just curious, I like to get to know people on, on that level. Like, where would you say that comes from? Is that just how you were raised? Um, just what you've witnessed, who you wanted to be? Because when people reach higher levels of success, it often disrupts their true self into something that's not necessarily so good. So just curious. First off, I definitely deeply appreciate that. And um, thank you so much for that. I Uh, I think that it's really a combination of all of those things. Like I'm so grateful to my family, to my parents, to my grandparents, to the people that I was surrounded with growing up, you know, certainly had a huge impact on the type of person that I've become. But I also feel that so much of that is, you know, because I allowed it to grow um, in me, you know, you can be told or directed on a certain path, but if that's not what you want for yourself, you're going to consistently resist that and, you know, perhaps end up on a, a totally different path. But I mean, from as young as I can remember, I just feel like I always gravitated towards people who were just like very calm, very supportive, you know, had a way with making other people feel special. And I just, that means so much to me. And so that's what I want to put out there. And when John and I first started this journey and, and even from the day that I met John, I mean, that's just what attracted me to him so much is that he was this incredibly smart, driven, confident person. You know, a lot of things that honestly at the time I was not. And to see someone embody those traits and have the skills that he has but still just be like a very giving, um, supportive, caring person. That's who I want to be. And I honestly don't feel like any amount of money or, you know, success, whatever you define that as, uh, could ever make me not want to be that way. Mm -hmm. And you just said the phrase that is so important in pursuing your purpose and your passions and ultimately profitability and business is who I want to be. 
like actually being conscious of the person that you want to become in this process, because it's very easy to focus on the goals you want to achieve or the things you want to check off your list or the bucket list or what you want your business to look like. But if you're not actually cultivating the human being that is going to be the person that accomplishes those things and the level of leadership you step into or humility or whatever the traits are that are so integral to that person that you see in your vision. Like, so I think people make their vision boards and they, they picture everything on the vision board and they don't include themselves in that vision. Mm. Like the, the things that I want to accomplish in my life go so far beyond who I am today. I have so much work to do on me to be able to ultimately achieve that vision. So the fact that you've been intentional about it is why it's happening for you and why it's evident in just meeting you, you know, and spending a little bit of time with you to be able to see that radiate. Yeah. And I think a a big turning point for me too, is I worked with, you know, several mentors and have done a lot of different, uh, like mindset training type of things. And something that really hit home to me is the idea that like you get back what you put out. And that was never really something that I was living consciously. And when I started to recognize like all the things that make me feel great, that fill me up, that, you know, make me feel special and confident and give me that drive and, you know, make me want to spread impact. Like if I want to continue receiving those things, that's what I have to give. And that was a really big turning point for me and continuing to focus on that, you know, throughout my journey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So beyond that, I felt like when you were presenting to us about your business progression with Entrepreneurs on Fire and you were very open about it. My, my brain was just like exploding with both excitement and just awe of what you guys have done. And I think, and totally correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like one of the things you guys did incredibly well was focusing on what was sticking for you and and almost staying in your lane and giving your community what they were asking for. Like that was something that was very evident that you guys built community and relationship around your brand. And to do that, to to produce at that level, you really do have to get laser focused. And I want to talk about this idea of busyness as an entrepreneur, because we see it all the time that people step into entrepreneurship or their business owners. And the, the idea is like, hustle all day long, wear it like a badge of honor, Uh, not only just working, 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 but not necessarily doing the work that's going to move the needle towards either who they want to become or what they want to achieve. So talk to us about that. What did you guys uh, have to do to embrace or to figure out your lane and build a business that was going to grow and thrive without just spinning your wheels and doing a ton of work, but not intentional work or the work that was ultimately going to get you where you want to go. Yeah. So this, this was a really big shift for me because in corporate America, and we chatted about this a bit before we hit record, Elizabeth, is it like, I always did really well with people just telling me what to do. Like I was really great on delivering on that. And sometimes I would be at work and, you know, I would be given tasks that logically should fill my eight hour day, but I'd literally get them done in like four hours. And I'm like, so what am I supposed to do now? And I would find myself doing these tasks that were essentially just keeping me busy until like, you know, we hit 5 PM and I could clock out. And that 
literally foundationally made no sense to me. I'm like, this is so unproductive. I'm, I'm, I'm for reals like shifting papers from one side of the desk to the other just to have like something to do. And um, I really feel like this was a huge lesson for me, how I came to discover what I'm best at and how I can best contribute to our business has so much to do with my strengths that I used in the corporate world and being able to identify those and bring them forward into what we do today instead of feeling like I just need to start from scratch and figure out what I'm supposed to do. Like, no, I already know what I'm supposed to do. It's just about embracing and identifying that and being able to carry that forward. So, you know, for John and I, a lot of our day to day is in the beginning, especially was first and foremost, understanding our, our audience. And to your point, it's so easy to want to focus on the end game and like I want a course that has a lot of you know students or I want a membership with a lot of recurring members. John and I never focused on that stuff. We focused on building an audience so that we could hear straight from them what they wanted. And a lot of the busy work that I think comes up and that gets us spinning our wheels because for a lot of us in our minds, like that means that we're working hard if we have a lot to do and we're always busy, then, then that means that we're doing the right things. And for us, it was never about like the newest, you know, strategy or the best marketing tips or, because if you were to try and collect that from everyone, you would literally want to do like 15 different things at once. Like I should start a YouTube channel. I should start a podcast. I should be doing a membership site. I should have a course. I should have a group coaching program. Like all of these things. And, and for us, it was always about stripping that down, building an audience, and then listening to what their biggest pain points and struggles were and delivering specifically on that. And, you know, I think that has a lot to do too with just simply setting and getting super clear on your goals and what your goals are. Because if you don't have like a North Star to work towards, you're constantly going to find yourself wondering if it should be that YouTube channel or Instagram or podcast or membership site or course or book or, you know, any of those number of things. Because if you go out there, like you'll find everyone telling you that all of those are the best thing for you to do in your business right now. They don't have the answers for what the best thing for you to be doing in your business right now is only you do. And that has to be based on your goal. So if you're working through your business right now, feeling like you don't have a super clear goal, I feel like that's such an important place to start. Like our goal from the beginning was yes, huge, but that was our mission and our goal at the time. And it's what we had to work off from. And that was to inspire millions of people. So everything that we did in our business from the very start was focused on the goal of inspiring millions of people. How do we inspire millions of people? That was through the podcast. So all hands on deck on the podcast, like Mm -hmm. that was what we were working on. And when you can get super clear on a goal like that and really hone in on exactly what your purpose is, then you won't be distracted by all of those, you know, shiny objects that they might be great for you at some point in time, but not right now. And that discipline is hard to come by, but once you start practicing it, it feels great. Mm-hmm. And it produces, you know, you feel productive because you're actually seeing that needle move. Have you guys had those moments where you've maybe gotten shiny object syndrome or jumped into 
to too many things and had those moments in your business where you're like, either we're spinning too many plates at once or this doesn't feel right or it's not, it's not giving us the end result we want. Like any things that you, you've kind of gone all in on and then be like, we got to can this, like moments like that. Several, several times. And I think that's another important like skill or discipline to touch on is your ability to let things go and to have the, the schedule of actually looking at that type of stuff, because it's easy to start going and then just continue going. And when you're in that pattern of just more, 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 go, 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 next, 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 you're never taking the time to stop and evaluate what you currently have going. So it's like, you know, the jugglers who are like, they're juggling two balls and then someone throws in a third and then the fourth and then a fifth. And like, you can only throw so many balls in there before all of them just drop, right? You can't juggle like 17 different balls. I don't know, maybe someone can, that'd be really impressive. (laughs) But metaphorically speaking, you can't just keep adding, 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 because one, you're never going to give focus to the things that are actually working in your business, the focus that they deserve. And those things will start to slip. And it's at the cost of adding something that is probably going to be also mediocre. So we, we did get to a point in our business, like probably around 2017, 2018, where we had a lot of plates in the air and we took a step back and we started to evaluate, like, where do we want to put our focus? What is generating the strongest ROI and impact for us right now? And what are we going to cut? And we literally looked across our entire business on that and are, again, going back to what I started with, like the discipline and the ability to be able to let stuff go, I think is so understated because people feel like it's almost a negative thing to admit that like, oh, that didn't work or, oh, it didn't work like I wanted it to, or, oh, it's not, you know, giving me the ROI that I want. Like people are afraid to drop it because they feel like the world is watching. Like, I hate to break it to you, but like nobody, we've scrapped entire programs and literally not heard a peep from anyone. Like, (laughs) you know, you, I know that it feels like you're on this world stage where everyone's going to know, but like, there's no shame in scrapping something that's not working or that you don't feel is the best investment of your time. And so since we had that kind of big look at our business and pulled back on a ton of stuff, we do that more regularly now, like quarterly looking at what we have going on in our business. What do we still want to continue? What's bringing us the best ROI and impact for our audience? What is aligned with our current goals? And we cut the rest. And it's the most freeing, best use of your time you could get. Because when you cut stuff, you get back time. You literally give yourself back time. And whether you invest that in more time with your family, invest it in more time with yourself, invest it in trips and travel and stuff that you want to do, or you reinvest it back into existing projects. That's been a huge lesson for us. Like some of the, our flagship program we launched in 2013 and we're still running it today. It's one of our highest ROIs, one of our highest impact things we've ever done. And instead of creating more, creating new, putting, you know, more, more, more that like cycle of go, go, go. We're like, why we have this incredible program and we've continued to optimize it. We've continued to upgrade it. We've completely revamped it. Like I'm not saying stay stagnant. We continue to like try new things and put new stuff out there, but there's 
a lot to be said of recognizing what's working really well in your business and doubling down on that versus feeling like you have to do something new. I'm so glad we talked about that because I know there are people listening that are just beating their head against the wall with something that's stressing them out or taking their time away from, from the needle movers or just feeling like a burden. And it's not that everything you do in your business is going to feel light and airy and bright and easy, but it is taking the time to acknowledge it. And one thing that I had to do similar to you guys doing it quarterly was to actually a lot time to assess and to evaluate because Mm -hmm you do get into such a mode of, even if you are productive and not in the zone of busy, if you don't actually schedule into your day or into your week or month or whatever, time to audit what you have going on and what's working, what's not working, how does it feel? You know, there are some things for me that were producing well, but they just felt like crap. Like they always felt like a stress to me. I'm like, what am I doing? This is my business. I get to decide how I do this. Like, I don't care what, what this is bringing in financially, if it's constantly weighing on me emotionally. So cutting things like that. So I had to ask my director of operations. I was like, listen, I am incapable of managing my schedule and I have zero time to even just think anymore. So she actually scheduled into my day. We call it white space think time. We're like, there's no internet access. I don't have my phone on me. It's just a time for me. I'm, I'm allowed to have a notebook or a whiteboard and that's it that I can just brainstorm and process and evaluate. And then my husband and I block off an entire Friday once a month to look at things like ROI and you know where we're putting our, our budget and where our time is best spent, what's sucking us dry, what's really helping you know, grow the business or the community or whatever. So I'm totally with you on that. And I'm glad we focused on it because you got to take that, you know, forgive yourself or whatever it is, like whatever stigma you have around having to cut certain things or eliminate things or change things or pivot. You're a business owner. That's like part of your job. You know, this this is going to be par for the course and it can be painful, but it, it can also serve you immensely. One thing I talk a lot about with our listeners and my clients and students is probably to the point where they wish I'd just shut up already because I'm a broken record. <laughs> it's the idea of casting this vision for your life and then building a business that supports the vision. And But in reality though, and I think a lot of times why people end up working with me or hiring me is because I don't think most entrepreneurs do that properly. So they, they'll cast a vision. That's maybe why they get into entrepreneurship in the first place. They have this vision of, you know, freedom or financial freedom or doing something they love or impacting millions of people or whatever it might be. And they get to work and they think that the formula of time plus hard work is going to equal ultimately at some point that vision. So they end up building either a service-based business where they have to trade time for money or they're capped in their growth potential because of it, or they get themselves on the speaking circuit because they always dream of being a speaker, but their vision was of them being home with their babies and having all this freedom, but now they're traveling all over the place having to speak every week, or they're cranking out course after course, but they're not feeling fulfilled by it. Can we talk about that? Do you see that a lot where people like come into the game, really pumped up, fired up about what they're going to build, and then just put their head down and start grinding and never actually took the time to create the business model that was going to support the dream. A hundred percent. And I think for, for me, 
I, I kind of look at this as in like consistently and, you know, regularly asking yourself, like, is this the type of business that I want to be running? Is this the type of business to your point that supports that vision and that casting that you've done? And I think for a lot of people, well, I think most people never ask themselves that question. And I think for those that do quickly realize like, oh, wow, this isn't where I wanted to be headed at all. And again, you know, I think that goes back to the goals, to the vision, to the casting and getting super clear on what actual activities will help get you there. And, you know, that, and that's when it gets to the point where it's like, you start accepting all these things because other people are telling you that that's what's going to build you, you know, X, Y, and Z, or that's what's going to net you X, Y, and Z. But again, like you said, there are some things that maybe it will, but that's just not your thing. Like if you absolutely do not like, you know, you don't like writing, but you know, somebody tells you that SEO and blogs are like the only thing that's going to grow your business. Like, don't do that if you hate that. And if that's not what you want to do, I mean, yeah, certain areas of your business, maybe you consider like hiring that out. But if the whole point is to build a business that fits into your life and your vision and your goals, don't ever sacrifice and make your life fit into your business because then you're in a worse place off than where you started. Exactly. You're building up, you're trying to escape a cubicle and you're building a, a different cubicle where you right. probably are even less happy because it's self-inflicted. So what are, you, you talked a little bit about this when you were presenting at <clears throat> Selena's Mastermind and you were kind of talking about the different uh, opportunities for monetization or business model. And you shared a lot about, you know, entrepreneurs on fire. And can you just speak to the audience in case someone's like in that service space placed? Um, where they are, or or any kind of capacity where they're trading time for money, or they're feeling the stress. What are some other ways they could be monetizing their their skills, their gifts, their knowledge, their expertise, their experiences, whatever? So, I, I mean, something that's been so huge for us, and that has allowed us to literally take months off from our business, um, thanks to the foundation, the platform, the automation that we've built into our business. Which I want to say upfront, automation does not mean not personal or not caring or any of that other stuff. Automation is just a really smart way to build a business that does not run you, that you run it. And so we found that with a lot of our courses, we have courses, we have physical products, we have, um, we've done, we've ran masterminds before, we do in-person events. The opportunities and the options to generate revenue are so wide and broad, but I think what it comes down to is figuring out a system that can help you free up time so that the time that you do spend on those things is on serving your existing clients and the people who are already paying you money. It's so easy to lose sight of like, oh, you have like this base of clients who are literally paying you money for whatever you've promised them yet so many people get stuck in this, well, now I need to go find more clients. And they end up spending their time on the marketing and on chasing new potential clients, and they lose sight of those who they should really be giving their time to. 
of course, you do need to do the marketing and of course you want to get new clients. But one way that we have done this in an automated format is through funnels. Yeah. Talk so about we, that because I know people are going to want to hear about how you guys have done that. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, what this, this could look different depending on what it is that's at the back end of your funnel. But you, if you look at a funnel as like a value ladder, a place that your audience starts and that funnel becomes the journey that you take them on, you, I might, I, I want to focus on one single funnel, but any given business might have multiples of these depending on what it is that you offer to your audience. But the essential like outline or idea of a funnel is that you would start at the very top of your funnel is your greater traffic generator. Like how do you attract people to you, to your content, to your message, to your brand? Maybe that's through a podcast. Maybe it's through a YouTube channel. Maybe it's through, you know, speaking engagements or live events like that could be the top of your funnel. And uh, that major traffic generator is usually consisting of what is super valuable and targeted content for your audience that's free, consistent, and, and again, valuable. So that's what, that's like the magnet that attracts people to you. The next step after that is like, again, if you, if we go back to, you know, kind of the model that we followed at Entrepreneurs on Fire, it's all about using that major, major traffic generator and being able to listen and have one-on-one -on -one conversations with those people to find out what their biggest struggles and pain points are. Because once you understand and know those intimately, you can start providing solutions to those struggles and to those problems. That becomes in the form of products, services, courses, communities, events, you know, whatever it is that you decide is at the bottom of your funnel. So if you have the major, major traffic generator, you get to know that audience, you understand their struggles and their pain points, the very first step on that ladder is going to be like a quick win for them that helps them take the first step to solving that problem. So I'll give you an example of what this was for us. John launched the podcast. That was our major traffic generator. He was able to provide free, valuable, consistent content that, that directly spoke to our ideal client. And after having tons of one-on-one -on -one conversations with them, asking them what their biggest pain points and struggles were, we found that a segment of our audience wanted to learn how to podcast. They didn't know where to start. They didn't know what steps to take. They had basically no clue what to do next. And so we created the very first step and a solution to help those people with that problem of, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know how. We created a free podcast course. It's a completely free course that teaches people how to create and launch their podcast through seven video tutorials that are like five minutes each that just walk them through steps. So we ask people to opt in for a free podcast course, we get their email list, and then we're able to engage with them on a very like segmented and direct one-to-one -one level, right? We send them an email campaign, we continue to nurture that relationship, we grow know, like, and trust with them, we establish credibility and authority even more so than we did with the podcast. And once people go through free podcast course, the next step is they want more of that. Like, okay, you gave me a little taste of like what it is like to create and launch my podcast. Like, 
I want to know the strategies and, and how am I going to grow this thing and how do I monetize it? And so the next step that we gave people was another free resource called the Podcast Masterclass. It's a one and a half hour webinar, if you will, where we dive even deeper into like the create and launch phase, which is essentially very similar to free podcast course. But then we also teach people the top five ways to grow their podcasts and the top five ways to monetize their podcasts. That webinar is our step on the ladder to get to our high value solution, which is our paid community and membership site, Podcasters Paradise. That's where we teach people, we give them everything they need to create, grow, and monetize their podcasts. So if you look at this like as a funnel or as a ladder, uh, Russell Brunson refers to it as the value ladder, you are literally giving away free, valuable, consistent content to people who want and need it in a, in a specific area, your area of expertise, your ideal client. You're asking them what their biggest pain points and struggles are. You're figuring out how you can provide the solution to get them past that pain point or struggle from where they are right now to where they want to be. And then you're giving them a download, a free course, something of value to grow the know, like, and trust that you have with them to take them a step further on that journey, to take them one step up the ladder. And then you're creating the high value solution in the form of a paid product, a service, a event, a group coaching program, a mastermind, whatever it might be for you, then you're essentially making that offer to them. So that funnel all of that is automated. We have it set up because new people are finding the podcast every day. They're hearing John talk about free podcast course. A portion of those people are saying, I want to start a podcast. They're signing up for the course. It's all in an email campaign. It's delivering incredibly high value video tutorials, all of that. We give them another call to action to join the masterclass. On the masterclass, which is also automated, they are then introduced to Podcasters Paradise. And that sale is made without John or I ever one-on-one -on -one interacting with people. Now, you might have a funnel or a product or something that would require that maybe you hop on the phone with someone. I think that's an excellent idea. Sales calls or discovery calls or whatever you want to refer to them as definitely an option in that funnel. So there could be more steps than I just mentioned. If it's a very low um, cost product, there could be a lot fewer steps in that process. If you look at, at our setup for that one funnel for Podcasters Paradise, this allows us to consistently automated on an automated scale, be bringing more people into Podcasters Paradise and all of our time and bandwidth and energy for that product, for that community, gets to be spent on the people who are already paying us money. I sometimes forget that I'm on a podcast and I'm just like feverishly taking notes <laughs> and super excited. I'm like, oh crap, I got to say something now. <laughs> I took a page of notes. I loved when you presented this to us back in PR and I just, I just feel like you have it. You have such a gift in how you um, simplify what can be made to feel a complicated thing like a funnel. And the automation is so, so important because you have to understand the value of stepping out of this world where you are trading time for money and give yourself the ability to have freedom. It's not that you guys aren't 
they're hustling, doing work, but your energy can go into, like you said, the people who are already paying, the community that you have that is telling you what they need and what they want more of. And on top of that, it can go into the top of the funnel and creating incredible value, having amazing interviews, bringing the right people on the podcast and doing what you guys do best, which is sharing that value for free. And it it directly brings people into that pipeline over and over and over again. And something you said a little bit ago was the important thing when you're that top of funnel, that traffic generator, free, consistent, and value-driven. Like those three things on repeat. I think a lot of people will, you know, throw a post up on social one week and then the next week they do three and then they're like, what the heck? Why isn't this thing exploding? Or I've been doing, I've put up a few YouTube videos, but I don't have the following. It's not really bringing people in did you consistently do it for two years every single Monday or what, like, did you have something that you committed to and not based your success on the outcome of each individual thing you did, but just stayed committed to the, the long haul? Because another thing you shared, and I would love for you to just touch on it, just to give people some perspective was the timeline of entrepreneurs on fire from when you joined John and he had started the podcast and started putting stuff out there to where you are today. And you at the time even shared like some of the the numbers and the monetary growth. It was just like an eye opener and a reminder that this crap doesn't happen overnight. Like stop trying to throw something at the wall and wake up the next morning and wondering wonder why you haven't just hit it big. So just touch on that timeline. Like how long did it take you to start to see that that growth that we see in you guys now that didn't exist in the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll be the first to admit on like a overarching scale of like, you know, solo, what started off as a solopreneur business. Like we have been able to reach very incredible levels of like growth in in a relatively short period of time. However, Everybody always looks at, to your point, where our business is right now and they say, oh, well, you guys just like automatically, like you just did that over, you know, it's the overnight success thing. But for the last eight years now, John has literally been publishing a podcast episode for, well, for the first five years, he published one every single day. Which blows my mind. (laughs) So you know, that one social media post that you threw up or the one video that you did that didn't net you any conversions, John did that over 2000 times on a daily basis. I mean, this type of like foundation and platform and reciprocity and trust and connection and like the deeper level community growth and audience that we have, I wholeheartedly believe it is because of that. Like we would not have the community that we have. We would not have the strength in our business, the platform, the foundation, any of that. If it wasn't for our podcast, that's how it all started. But the podcast aside, so not to mention daily interviews for 2000 days in a row, but add to that, you know, having this idea for something for Podcasters Paradise, like that idea came several months after a completely failed idea that John had to start this program called Pod Platform, where he was going to take people's completed audio files and upload them into the media host for them and like 
basically be the podcast publisher for people. And nobody took him up on that. And instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, why isn't this working? Nobody cares about podcasting, I guess. He went back to the people who told him that they wanted to start a podcast. And he said, why aren't you guys buying my program? Like pod platforms are awesome. I'm going to do all this stuff for you. And they're like, but I don't know how to create a podcast. Like you're telling me that you're going to upload it and like publish it for me. Like, I don't even know how to record the thing. So it wasn't like a false, like a, a dead end. It was no, let me go back and figure out why that didn't work. And that's how we came up with the idea for podcasters paradise. Podcasters paradise was created, launched, like proof of concept, built out, having members come in for over a year before we ever put our focus or our attention on any new products, any new services, any new creation of anything. Like all of it has always been one at a time. So like, yes, today we have three physical journals that we've created. We have Podcasters Paradise. We launched a webinar community that we ran for several years. We've had multiple masterminds that we've ran. Absolutely zero of those things were created parallel to one another. They were always created separately with our full focus on each of them until they were at a point where we could create the funnel where we could create the systems, create the process for those things to stand on their own. And then we shifted focus to, okay, that's taken care of. We've got the systems for it. We've got the funnel for it. Like now what else is our audience asking for? And today, honestly, we're at a point where like we have all these incredible like products and communities and services that we can offer our community. And it is, all about how we want, again, going back to what type of business do you want to run? Like I get emails all the time from people saying, you guys could, you know, create this massive conference and like so many people would come to it. And I'm just like, I love it. Don't want to do it. Like I see the opportunity, but it's not the type of business that we want to run. And so you don't get to that point by just like creating seven different things at once and having all of them be a success. Like you create them one at a time over years and years and years of putting in the work of doing the podcast, of doing videos, of doing social media, of being there for your community, building those relationships, doing things that don't scale. I can't tell you how many one-on-one -on -one conversations we've had with our audience to truly understand like who they are and where they're coming from. And like today, more than ever, I see people jumping into it and thinking that they can create a webinar and sell a product without ever even creating an audience. Like it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Such an important piece of the puzzle is that the development of relationship, like the fact that you guys were hopping on calls and doing surveys and figuring out what is it that they need? What is it that they want? I can't create this business in a vacuum. And you see that a lot. Like people are like, come up with an idea in their head, think it's a great idea. Maybe it is a great idea, but their audience doesn't want that yet. Or like your exact example with the podcast before Podcasters Paradise, John had created something that was like a couple steps ahead of what his audience actually even needed. So he had to back up, say, okay, what is it? Where, where's their starting point? And it's just, it's, it's cool to hear the progression. And it's cool to hear the journey because 
it's evidence and, and testament to who you guys are in resourcefulness and paying attention and building that community and service, but also a reminder to so many of, of our listeners and me and any, anybody listening at any level, what this journey really looks like, what like the legwork that has to go in, into it and to what we were speaking about before, like, is this for everybody? I don't know. The level of confidence, confidence you have to develop in before you have the evidence that proves you can do it that's a tough thing. It's like exactly what faith is, you know, leaping before you, you have wings and, and having the trust that you're going to grow them on the way down. And you guys have done that. And it's so cool to see. This has been just so awesome. I just like, can't wipe the smile off my face. So much wisdom is such a gift getting to talk to you. And, and I'm so happy I got to hit record and bring this to our audience. Cause they are just going to love this and love you as much as I do. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just like honored to be here. Super grateful to share this time with you. So thank you. And where can people come find you? Because I know they will most certainly want to. What are the best places to connect and hear more of your wisdom? Joan and I are both super active on Instagram. Um, so hitting us up on Instagram is a great place to engage one-on-one with us. Um, and everything we do is over at eofire.com. Awesome. And let's not undersell your awesome podcast too. You have Ditch Busy. (laughs) You guys have to check out Kate and uh, she's just bringing so many nuggets of goodness. So make sure you check her out too. And, and it's pretty cool because she's very responsive on, on IG and everything. So you can actually have faith that you're talking to a real human being that is (laughs) super down to earth and excited to chat back with you. So thanks for being here, Kate. I can't wait for this to get into their earbuds because they're going to love it. Me too. Thanks, Elizabeth. One of the most broken narratives I hear from entrepreneurs and my students and clients is that they feel like they don't know what their unique gifts are or what their special spin is when it comes to how they're going to stand out in a saturated market. So I created a worksheet that I've used for myself and for those clients to help you know with clarity what sets you apart so you can identify your true superpower as both an individual and as an entrepreneur. So you can snag it by shooting me a text. So send a text to 38 470 using the word superpower. 38470. And that's all one word, superpower. You have that secret sauce. You just need to nail it down with some confidence. And this worksheet is totally free and it's going to help you do that. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that They are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.